You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall in the round of 32 to St. Mary's 82-53. to Falls putting it nicely. Uh, St. Mary's cut Indiana up in absolutely every way that you could uh, and really dominated from about, I don't know, the whatever it was, the eight, nine minute mark in the, in the first half when Indiana's offense just went cold and St. Mary's, I think, had a stretch where they scored on five straight possessions and it was pretty much over from there. Indiana had no answers on offense. They had absolutely no answers on defense. Uh, you know, and what really was just an all systems failure uh, for a team that went on an incredible run of basketball over the last week, you know, and it ends on a sour note uh, with, you know, a game where, you know, we all know that this team didn't put its best foot forward. You know, you you hate to save your worst performance for the last game of the season, but that's what Indiana did. Uh, And, you know, we'll break some of that down. It's going to be disappointing here for a while, um, but it certainly doesn't take away what this team accomplished over the last week, going on the run in the Big Ten tournament, getting back to the NCAA tournament, winning a game in the NCAA tournament. This was a successful season. Unfortunately, tonight was a bad night, a very bad night uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. But they went up against a terrific team uh, in St. Mary's that, you know, for a team in Indiana that had played so many games in so few days, dealt with travel issues, all of those things coming into it, even if you remove all of that, and Indiana was as fresh as possible, the way that St. Mary's played tonight, they were going to win this game. And it was the kind of matchup that Indiana has struggled with, that kind of discipline, that kind of precision. And the Hoosiers just did not have the mental and physical fortitude tonight to compete with it. And St. Mary's will very deservedly uh, move on in the NCAA tournament. Uh, But the Hoosiers, I'm sure as they walk to the locker room and, you know, as they think about this tonight and tomorrow, you know, will hang their heads a little bit uh, for this performance But I think overall, with a little bit of perspective from it, they'll be able to lift their heads high for what they did ultimately this season uh, and achieving a lot of the goals that we had set for them before the season started. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Ryan Phillips is here. Andy Bottoms is here. Uh, We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And we'll start the show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And, you know, this is really just a continuation of what I just said. I mean, I think the banner moment tonight was the opening tip. I mean, frankly, there wasn't much that happened in this game that you can really look to that was a big positive. You know, outside of a few plays here and there, this team just didn't play well. But the banner moment is the fact that Indiana was in this game, that they had gotten back to the NCAA tournament, won a game, because, you know, for as much as we've talked about banners and we're looking forward to hanging the next banner – you're never going to do that if you can't get back to the NCAA tournament. And so that's why this was such a big step for Indiana. And so being in the game was huge. And St. Peter's just closed out Kentucky 85-79. to 79. So it's not all bad here. In this that's your banner basketball. moment, Jerry. Just get no, it you. No, no, no. We are not going to give Kentucky the satisfaction of a banner moment on this show. The banner moment. Look, hey, there's a legitimate banner moment. We can on nights like this. No, there's a legitimate banner moment. You know, look, we're all disappointed. And this was a bad performance. But just being in this game was a big step for this program. And so as much as we want to be negative and as bad as the play was, and we'll break down some of it, although I don't know how much any of us really care about breaking too much down to the particulars of this game, this was still a big step forward for this program to be in this game. And so what tonight showed 
is really how far Indiana is from taking the next steps, you know, and beating teams like St. Mary's in a tournament setting. There's clearly a long way to go, but they had to take the first step. And over this last week with their backs against the wall, they did it. And so that to me is a very worthy banner moment on a very disappointing night. Okay, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And as you surely know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere, with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison and many others. And if you support other college teams besides Indiana, if you have people in your life who do, Homefield absolutely has something for them, too. Their product line extends to... I think they're up over 130 schools now. They've got unique vintage logos for all of them. Some of the coolest designs that you will find anywhere. And what's great about Home Field is that no matter what you buy, you know it's going to be comfortable. The colors are going to last through many washings. And you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. And there's just not much better than that. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com wear one for the team all right what is time to move the ball find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team andy what is your bottoms line on tonight's indiana loss you are muted or your microphone's not working just really perfect for how the (laughs) this evening went uh coach why don't we go to you with tonsoni time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it just uh, a tough night uh, for Indiana. They they struggled offensively against the interior defense of St. Mary's. I thought uh, a lot of credit has to go to St. Mary's. We're going to dissect Indiana's poor play, but St. Mary's uh, was a five seed for a reason. Uh, they beat Gonzaga in the regular season. They were just better tonight executing their defensive game plan and better executing the offense uh they, they really move people well to get into their on-ball uh, screen actions. And, and that was tough covers on the backside. And Indiana tried to do some things. And for about 10, 12 minutes, uh, Indiana found a way to stay competitive. And, and it just kind of hit a wall there uh, midway through the first half. And, and when a team gets hot and starts feeling comfortable and doing what they're, they had planned to do and it's working, it, it can it can steamroll you. So a, a little disappointed in the fight, uh, 40 to 28 uh, at, at halftime. I, I didn't think the response was what, what I would like to see uh, or Coach Woodson would like to see from the players. Uh, you can you could talk all you want about flights and everything. You play the game. Uh, there, there needed to be a little more fight uh, in getting rebounds and, and things like that. That that's the disappointing takeaway uh you know getting here being in the round of 64 being on the bracket all that stuff is good and that's what we're ultimately going to remember uh about this first year of woodson and the step to getting back in the right direction but this kind of result and and the 12th seed needs to be the floor of where this program needs to be and and coach woodson needs to make his necessary changes the roster needs to make its necessary changes because we just were not the better team tonight uh they had better players they had better plans and they executed better and credit to St. Mary's. They just took us to the woodshed. They did. Andy, let's give you another try. All right. Let's see. Is that better now? There we go. We got you. All right. Good. Good to know. Um, (laughs) I mean, not really, not really a ton to say. I I think um, the, the challenge is in this situation to watch this game and then to still try to keep some small elements of perspective on, on kind of what's happened over the last, you know, week or so, which I think it's hard to do um, based on how they played. I thought they came out, played pretty well at the start, but 
you know, the, the every everything that this team has struggled with on the offensive end kind of came home to roost in this game against a team that was really locked in defensively and did a good job of of taking things away from IU, particularly after the the start of the game. And then IU's defense starts to break down, and and they're just not a team that is good enough offensively to survive a poor offensive performance. And then I thought they just got completely scrambled as you know St. Mary's doing different things, just a lot more confusion than I feel like we've seen in terms of trying to trade guys off and, and some of the screens and the actions that St. Mary's was running, just thought they really got themselves confused, started to force things on offense and things kind of snowballed from there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think taking a step back at the big picture, which I know we have plenty of time to do in the off season. Um, this is not the way that you want the season to end, but if you said they get to the NCAA tournament, lose in the first round, I think everybody would have been not elated by that by any stretch, but, um, and certainly how they played down the stretch, I think, is good. But I, I think what you saw was every issue that had come and gone during the season all come in the same game. And this is what, like, rock bottom looks like when everything goes wrong for this uh, for this particular team. And uh, it was it was ugly. Yes, it was. Ryan, what's your rant this evening? Uh, let's just start out with this, and, and Jared, you sort of uh, echoed this. Uh, Mike Woodson's first season goes down as a success. They made the NCAA tournament, stopped the Purdue streak. So let's get the positive out of the way. It's they they accomplished those goals. We're happy overall with things are going. They've got a nice recruiting class coming in. Probably going to be some transfers in and out to to find you know to fill those holes. We don't know who's coming back. All of that. But right now, you feel like the program is headed in a positive direction for the first time in a very long time. Um, so there you go. Positive. The negative was the effort tonight. And I know fatigue, and it's absolutely criminal, the NCAA, what the NCAA did to them, sending them from Dayton all the way to Portland. Then the NCAA screwed up the plane reservation. All I know all of that. And it, it was completely wrong and egregious. UCLA got to go to Indianapolis from their opening one last year. VCU got to go, I think, to Chicago from Dayton. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's stupid what they did, and it's unfair completely. We all understand that. But once you hit that court, you've got to show you belong. And tonight they didn't belong on the same floor as St. Mary's. St. Mary's is a very good team. And, Coach, your, your compliments um, – your your, comp, your compliments to St. Mary's and to Randy Benny. He's a highly underrated coach nationally. They're a very good team. They're very solid. Whatever. But they're not Gonzaga. That's not a 30-point loss for Indiana. And I realize fatigue factors in. St. Mary's got on a roll, whatever. Indiana's got to be better than that. And there are guys on the team that got to be better. Xavier Johnson's frustration came out a lot tonight. Uh, he played hard. I didn't think it was a lack of playing hard. I think that they tried as much as they could, but they got frustrated very quickly, and he saw a lot of slump shoulders and a lot of sad faces. Um, so they know it's a bad loss. We don't need to, to to harp on it. It's the worst tournament loss in 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 program history for a reason. Yeah. They, we don't need to harp on that. What I do need to say is this staff has one job this offseason, and that is to find and develop guys who can shoot because Indiana was down, I think 20 points at one point and it shot two, three pointers in the second half, both misses. When you're down by that much, you got to run stuff for shooters and you got to have guys who can make them. Indiana does neither. And, and they have, you know, we'll see in isolated instances, they'll run stuff for shooters, but we've also seen that they have guys who have wide open shots and miss them. 
this program needs to be able to shoot the basketball. And it has not been able to shoot the basketball since Tom Crean was here. And that's a long time ago, folks. A long time. It seems longer than it has been, but it's still been a long time. Uh, two of 10 from three in a game, you're down by 30 points. They only shot it 10 times. I mean, you, you should be firing threes every time down if you're down by that much. I mean, quite frankly. But the thing is, is that this offense and, and the players in it just do not play to that strength. And one, you know, one of those three pointers came on one of the first possessions of the game, you know, and then you went night, you it went 39 minutes with one made three. So I did, did they make a, did they make a three in the second half? I don't think so. 05. 05. I don't don't believe so. Yeah. 05 when you're trailing by that much, this program needs to find shooters and it needs to find guys who are confident and, and cocky about their shot. I mean, Jordan Bohannon cocky, go find those guys who know they can shoot and are willing to take them. Even if they're semi guarded, you have to find three point shooting in modern basketball. I know Mike Woodson wants them to shoot threes, but you got to go get the damn players. And a lot of people are saying, well, they got freshmen coming. I'm not putting all my eggs in the freshman basket. I'm sorry. Those those guys are going to come on campus. Their shooting percentage are going to drop a little like that just happens with freshmen. They're going to develop. You need to go find shooters or take guys on your team and turn them into shooters this offseason. Priority number one is to get Ryan, some shooting on. You're, yeah. you're, the, the ability to take semi-contested shots is just spot on, Ryan. Uh, you, you see guys in the college game shoot, and, and guys are closing out. The hesitation of our shooters to shoot the basketball in the last part of the season was not very, it's not very good offense. It was masked because no one could stop TJD and, and, and X yeah. was, was good, but to be a complete offense, you need all phases. And, and sometimes it's that closer mentality that we've talked about that, that guy to just go get some points either from the three point line or on a drive. That's what's missing. And it does, yeah. it was missing tonight. And, and you saw St. Mary's when they had an open shot, it was going down. And, and yeah, sometimes and when thing, that, that Dukas guy hit that one in the, in someone's face, when's the last time anyone really took a shot that was in someone's exactly. face with confidence. I, and, and that's something the coaches have to get better at developing along with the players have to find that uh, soon. And have the in confidence this program. to take them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing. I don't want guys who can make a three when everything is perfect. Cause how right. often is everything perfect in, in an offensive I mean, position? To be fair, we can actually use some of, we can actually use some of those guys too. We need some, maybe we should start there. At least start there. You're not just, wrong, but we don't have don't any of those either. So I just that. wanted to call, make it clear. Baby steps. Baby I don't steps. just want guys who can do that. But you know, you need guys who have somebody. It's like, sorry. I mean, it's look at what St. Peter's just did to Kentucky. They cut the in. They cut in twice for highlights of the St. Peter's Kentucky game with a guy hitting a three, like you know, two steps behind the line with someone closing out on him, and he drained yeah. it on Kentucky, you know. And and we haven't had that. They, and look, there's no. They flexion. also had a guy curling off of a screen for a shot. Yeah. Oh, that flex cut, that flex set, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the thing is, in high school, you just run it right. It works. You know. You know, and, and, and Ryan, you know, they tried to do that. Parker Stewart and Miller Kopp were supposed to be those guys, you know, that, that you yep. brought in as transfers no, to right. fix that, and they didn't. And, you know, look, as you look toward next season, um, that is the number one thing that has to happen. This program, well, I mean, we'll see. You know, one of the other things that's going to have to happen is probably replacing some big guys that we expect to be moving on. Um, so you're going to have to do that, and you're going to have to find shooting. Uh, there's no question about it. Because, Coach, I think you're right. This needs to be the new floor. 
Um, and I think that's absolutely right. Absolutely. But, you know, to, it, it does feel like tonight was a reality check in that, okay, when you get to this level and the teams that you're going to be playing, especially if you're not going to get a better seed, these teams that you're going to be playing, they are more complete, you know, and they're going to be able to pick apart your weaknesses, which is what happened well tonight. Coached. Well now, coached and talented. Well coached look, I, and talented. You know, I, I have half a mind to just kind of throw out our normal post-game template tonight because I don't think we need to get into meaningful moments. I'm not sure anybody wants to hear stats. I mean, we can if you guys want to. But you know, the, I think the, the one thing that may be interesting to kick around just for a few minutes, like there's nothing – clearly there was nothing any individual player or coach could have, do, could have done to change this result. You know, the, I mean, Indiana did start out pretty well. But it's like once the adrenaline wore off and St. Mary settled into the game and kind of figured out what Indiana was doing, it was just over. But, you know, as you kind of think back to the, to the first half, especially when things started to get away from Indiana, and Coach, I'll start with you, you know, is there anything that you think about? I know to me as I'm watching the game, there were a couple of things I thought about. Number one, you know, Mike Woodson had got away from playing the all-bench lineup. And tonight I thought the all-bench lineup really hurt us and was kind of where the momentum was lost. Again, I don't think any of these things changed the result, but I'm, but I'm just you know, looking for things in the game. And the other yeah. thing is, when you started to see that some of the guys didn't have a whole lot of juice, is that where maybe you throw in an Anthony Leal earlier? You know, you give Tamar Bates more yes. runs, some of the guys who have fresher legs, and just let them go out. Because the biggest thing that was happening is no loose balls, no rebounds, getting beat, giving up not just because rebounds. they out-executed you, but also because they were just moving quicker and stuff that we normally did. We just didn't have that fight. And so those are the two things I would have liked to see. Maybe it makes a 30-point loss a 20-point loss. I don't know. Um, but it kind of felt like you know Mike Woodson wanted to coach this game the same way he'd coached all the other ones. And look, we've been having success doing that, so I get it. But it kind of felt like one of those, okay, we got punched in the mouth. Maybe whatever plan we brought into this game, we need to adjust because there were some unique circumstances. And it doesn't excuse some of that maybe lackadaisical play, but I do think it explains it a little bit. The question is, how do you respond to it? And I think what's what's going to frustrate Indiana fans is it looked like we just gave into it and we didn't really adjust or try to fight against it with anything new. That to me is more frustrating than the fact that we look like a team that had played five games in eight days and had travel issues. We just kind of gave into it. And that's not something this team has done, you know? So that's why this was disappointing. So I don't know. Is there anything, any yeah, other things you guys think of? I'll be quick with this. I thought as, as well as coach Woodson had coached games lately, I thought this was uh, probably uh, not a very good performance by Coach Woodson. When things got tough for him, it looked like he had deer in the headlights as well as the players did, like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. I think at moments that you mentioned right there, that's when, as a coach, you've got to try to put your hand on the joystick, especially offensively and defensively. And part of what his strength is is he allows to his players to play through things. And I think that's a positive but when you run into a brick wall like you did tonight for those eight minutes and you got down, that's when a coach really has to show some energy on the sidelines, has to be calling out coach, plays yeah. and doing stuff. And, and and every coach has to be their own personality. So you got to be fair with that too. But, man, I would have been hyping and, and, and trying to call timeout and doing some things. And, and I thought the other thing that I would like to go back – I'm not going to go back and watch, but if I were to go back and watch is I think when things get tough, we go back to the simple – post-isolation and the simple sets instead of getting sets that might be able to attack the defense. I thought we really did a good job early. I wrote down good sets, good shots, 18 to 14, well planned out, well well scouted. And then all of a sudden when, when trouble hit, 
we started standing and then the, everyone tried forcing shots and everyone was, was tight back to the post offense. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, then we did a lot of that posting up and quick, you know, one pass and, and it would have even said it in an untimeout. out. We got to get more passes. Well, you got to try to demand it. And sometimes you demand it and it just doesn't happen. But I, I thought players and coaches both had that. Oh my gosh, we're supposed to be better than this. What do we do now moment? And it was too late by the time they even thought about recovering from that. Andy. Yeah, I, th- I think so much of it just snowballed. You know, they started to give up some of those, uh, some of the baskets to St. Mary's and they really tried to, to overplay things. They got back cut a couple times. It just, you know, that's, that was kind of a way they tried to force it on defense. And then I agree with you guys, you know, the offense kind of devolved into somebody trying to drive into the lane. And I thought, I thought Xavier missed some chances to just take layups instead, try to make a, you know, wraparound pass to somebody and, um, and do things like that. I, I just thought, yeah, there was a, a bit of panic that seemed to set in a little bit in that scenario, which was a little bit surprising just given the confidence that the team had played with at times over the last uh, handful of games. But it just felt like, it, you know, they, they returned to their uh, factory default setting, which was go dump the ball inside and and hope for the best. Because I thought they had some luck in the in those, uh, you know, middle ball screens. I thought, you know, getting TJD to face up. Uh, in some instances worked well because he did have a quickness advantage uh, against them. Um, and, and I think really, you know, one of the things, if anything, you know, Geronimo was a guy that did have some juice. Uh, when we talk about, you know, guys coming off the bench and he gets a second foul, um, kind of, you know, I think he got both of his fouls maybe going for offensive rebounds and, you know, trying to make hustle plays and things like that. I think that the one he was trying to get was off of a, a not great, you know, three-point shot that came early in the – in the shot clock and then you kind of lose him. And he was really the one guy that had, had been a huge spark um, at that point. And then, and Woodson doesn't play him the rest of the half, which, you know, kind of was been his, his MO with guys that get two fouls. And I thought even getting that, that bucket at the end of the half where, you know, you get Xavier on the move, he gets to the hoop, um, maybe got fouled, maybe didn't, but either way didn't convert. Uh, I just thought they missed a lot of baskets that would have stemmed the tide. Like in the Wyoming game the other night, there were, you know, a lot of cases like there was, a you know, that Wyoming would make a play and IU would answer. And I thought there were chances to answer, just missed a lot of shots right around the basket that would have, you know, kind of kept you hanging around and hanging around and maybe go in down six instead of 12 uh, in that scenario. And um, I think the wind was completely out of the sails at that point. And then the, you know, the second half started pretty much, pretty much picked up where the first left off. Mm-hmm. Ryan, last word on this. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to something Jared was talking about, maybe maybe putting in Anthony Lee a little earlier, running Tamar, you know, guys with fresher legs. Something that has to change from Mike Woodson next year is his reliance on veterans all the time to play all the minutes. You got to play your best people and the people that give you the best chance to win, regardless of what year they are. I know when Mike Woodson played college basketball, typically the older guys are who were played because they've been on campus, they've been developed, whatever. They didn't have the AAU system where guys were just could be developed, you know, so much more uh, before they stepped on campus. A lot of your development happened in college. That's not the way it is now. And you've got to trust your younger guys to play in college basketball. Now you cannot have your veterans all playing 30 minutes or, or, you know, high twenties. They need to trust the guys he's bringing on campus. Tamar Bates should have played more this year. I'm sorry. He should have played more this year. Anthony Leal can help you. He should have played more this year. Jordan Geronimo, as he has proven at the end of the season, should have played more this year. Woodson needs to work that out. And it's something his assistant coaches need to be in his ear about. 
These guys earn playing time with their performances. They earned more and more and more, and he was not giving it to them or rewarding him. Those guys need to play because they offer things that the other guys don't. Tamar Bates can go get you a basket. He showed it tonight a few times. And finally, I think he's down by a lot and feels like he's not going to get yelled at if he misses something. Boom, I'm attacking the hoop. And he started to do things offensively. Jordan Geronimo is just a plain hustle guy. He should be playing 20 minutes a game. So this isn't like to rip Woody. I know we, like, we knew there was going to be an adjustment curve. But that's a big lesson he has to learn from this is that you yes. need to trust the guys you are bringing onto campus. Jalen Huchifino is coming in next year. I know he's a five-star. He's got to play. Caleb Banks has got to play. C.J. Gunn, got to give him a chance to prove that he doesn't belong on the floor yet. You know, physicality might be an issue for him, but he's had a great senior season. Let him prove it. You know, let these guys prove they belong. And, and also next year. And also going back to what Jared said, too, put them in positions to succeed. You know, Tamar Bates should have been out there when you have TJD and they got a double, so when he kicks out, he can hit shots. Instead of, you know, you have the five-man subs and then you don't feel confident because they didn't play really well, and then you you stay. I, I just yeah. think that needs to be evaluated. And, and, and again, I, I think that was a big part of tonight's issue. And it could have worked out. There have been times when the five-man rotation helped, but tonight it didn't. Mm-hmm. One yeah, and you may get to a point where eventually your talent level allows you to do that, but that wasn't right. what – this yes. team had in order to do that. One last thing, because I know we have to break, but look across great college basketball teams. How many of them only have juniors and seniors starting? Very few, because mm-hmm. you have talent coming in that's young, that's ready to go. You need to put it in the lineup. And then you have, and then what that means, you got veterans on the bench who have some experience who can maybe stem the tide a little bit. So the chat is very excited that Andy just interrupted. I welcome that interruption from Andy. <laughs> that you absolutely do not welcome it at all. But that's uh, maybe the new Andy, new, you know new banner we're moment. Have, we're going to have a talk later. We're going to have a talk later, Andy. Oh man! And look, the last thing I'll say on this is, it, as we said, it's a very successful season, and Mike Woodson did an outstanding job. I'm sure we'll have some offseason episode where we give him a letter grade, whatever. It's going to be a high B or a low A, given the context of everything that happened. But that doesn't mean that there aren't issues to work out that we've talked about a lot. But on the bright side, you know, we often talk about how the biggest growth comes from a guy between his freshman and sophomore year, because now he's used to it. He's got a year under his belt. He knows what to expect. You know, look at guys like Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray, you know, as players, how they stepped up. There is reason to believe that you could see that kind of growth in Mike Woodson from year one to year two. You know, he's acknowledged some of the things with timeouts and different things that are just different. And so, you know, if he is able in the offseason to look at some of these things and say, okay, this is how I'm used to coaching. And I went with what I was comfortable with my first year. But now what can I adjust in my second year? You could see a lot of growth from now. We need to see it. But I'm just saying a lot of these things and some of that stuff we're talking about right now, these are you know, reasons for despair in this moment because, you know, it, it probably prevented the season from being any better. But I think it is reason for hope moving forward that, you know, Mike Woodson laid such a strong foundation with kind of some glaring stuff that he did that really didn't doesn't make sense in the college game. And if that stuff gets fixed, you know, I think there, there's a pretty big ceiling for this to continue to get better. All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's whew, 82 to 53 loss to St. Mary's We'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, talk about the numbers, uh, and really just talk about whatever else comes up uh, here on the show. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us.
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. It's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know, I have never listened to the assembly call. And to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen, make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. I need to edit that to take out the officiating part. Just have Gene Steratore say, don't listen to Ryan about anything. Um... You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms. We're breaking down uh, Indiana's butt-whooping at the hands of St. Mary's in the round of 64 tonight. Uh, and gentlemen, it is time for... Meaningful moments that you might have missed. There aren't many. Um, one moment that people might have missed because they switched over to the Kentucky game is in perhaps... This may be the most ironic note of all is that the final great defensive play of the season was delivered by Christian Lander, who got a steal and a bucket at the very end of the game. And coming almost into tonight, if you had said, yeah, it was almost stuck. If you had said that Christian Lander would have the best defensive play of the game, you would probably think that Indiana didn't have a very good night. Uh, credit to Christian Lander for playing hard and, you know, get, you know, playing with energy, you know, as he kind of played out the string there. Um, All those guys did. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, Leo frankly, they just was actually like affecting the game. It's like, oh, maybe play that guy a little more. You know, one one meaningful moment that happened a couple of times in the second half, and I really thought it was, you know, probably the the, the personification of the struggles Indiana had is you really saw Xavier Johnson getting frustrated tonight, um, and he wasn't. It wasn't as much frustration at the officials. Once or twice, he got. I think he got frustrated at Miller Cop one time because he kind of threw a pass and Miller wasn't where he was supposed to be. But it really just looked like X was frustrated with himself. Um, made a couple of bad passes, and you just kind of saw him get frustrated. Um, you know, and for a guy who's been better about kind of managing his emotions, he wasn't able to do that tonight. Again, I don't think it it really makes a difference. You know, he this is an interesting game for him because he's got the athletic ability um, and kind of the ceiling as a playmaker to be a problem for St. Mary's. But if they can kind of get him out of what he wants to do and frustrate him, they can just out-execute him all night long, and that's what happened. You know, he just wasn't able to get to his spots. When he did have space, he was caught in between lobbing it and shooting it. He passed up some good opportunities for little floaters. He was just kind of out of sorts, um, you know, and so and I think you kind of see it on his face in those moments of frustration. But perhaps the real meaningful moment, Ryan, goes to the IU cheerleader who rescued the game from a stoppage of play that was prolonging the inevitable – and rescued that awful overinflated Wilson basketball from the top of the uh, of the basket. So kudos to her. Out. 
I, at the time, Indiana made one field goal in the half, and I tweeted out that it was the closest uh, Hoosier had gotten to the hoop in quite some time. Uh, also, best defensive play of the night. Um, <laughs> so I want to give uh, – it wasn't just her. I wanted to give her spotter some credit as well, who lifted her up. That was very good. That was a nice moment. That was something that, – that should be in the uh, in the one shining moment uh, at the end of the tournament. That was An X that to was TJD weird. Lob and the cheerleader rescuing the ball. We should get two yeah. clips in one shining moment. I don't do, do teams that lose in the first round get any clips in one shining moment. I mean, we won. We won the first four games. Oh, so we should we get won something. First four games. Yeah. And I Trace mean, is yeah. like a known guy. So, you know, yeah. we should get something. But, um, yeah, the uh, cheerleader should get some love there. The, you know, the other thing that I think would be interesting to talk about. Um, and, well, we'll talk about it in numbers, actually. Do you guys have any other meaningful moments that are worth getting into? There, I mean, I there we could do moments we forgot because it was so long ago. I looked <laughs> yeah. up at the clock the one time. I was like, "How are there twelve minutes left in this I know. game?" Yeah. It, it, I, so uh, it was. It was just absolutely it really was. zero notes in the second half. Yeah, mine, mine, uh, mine petered out pretty quickly. I would, I would say. Um, okay. I mean, I look. I'll be yeah. honest with you guys. Like, I had the game on. I switched the game to my computer and put the Kentucky game on just to, <laughs> so I could feel some sense of joy. Uh, yeah, and it was very small in my cold, dead heart, but it was a little. It well, a little. there there are I, other I will, games. Okay, go ahead, Andy. I, I will say, I w- there was one, um, and maybe this is just a way to get in and talk about race a little bit, and and kind of yeah. how That's he really seemed to, to run out of gas um, down the stretch. You know, they're down four. Uh, he gets that offensive foul for what exactly? I'm not quite sure. You know, had converted a basket, so you know there's a chance to get you within two. Again, kind of one of those baskets that can you stem the tide a little bit, and then St. Mary's goes down, and hits a three at seven, and things really started to spiral from there. Um, just you know, I thought more of the same from him. Just really seemed to to struggle to finish around the basket, even when he would get offensive rebounds and things like that. And he, he just looked like a guy that something wasn't quite right with uh, over these he last handful of right. games. I don't yeah. know if it's injury or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and and luckily in a lot of you know in some of these games lately, Geronimo has been able to come in and pick up the slack. But then he gets his second foul, as we talked about earlier, and you know Race gets back in the game and and just continued to to struggle. I think he got he got taken out pretty quickly in the second half um, as well. Just uh, you know, I think a big you know big potential basket there waved off by a uh, by a foul call, but but also like I said, just maybe a way to talk a little bit about Race and 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 his play down the stretch. Um, Given the rock that he was for so long and the consistency that he displayed for so long, it was just uh, surprising, to say the least, to, for for him to to kind of play the way he did down the stretch. It was conspicuous. You know, I mean, it's crazy that Indiana did yeah. as much as they did this week with Race, who had been the most consistent guy, really struggling. So I don't know if something's going to come out me. that he was injured or sick. That was not yeah. the same guy. You know, it Yeah, it reminds wasn't. me of you guys remember Jordan Hull's last few games. He just couldn't hit anything from three and he had been so consistent his entire career. And all of a sudden it was just, he hit a wall and could not make threes his senior year. The the last stretch. That's what it reminds me of. But he was dealing with an injury too, right? Wasn't Hull's dealing with an injury at the end of that season. Sure, But it's just amazing because we've praised, praised race endlessly this season as being the key to even getting them here. Honestly. I mean, I know that the, the big 10 tournament, he wasn't great, but, but we the wouldn't have even been in position for that run if it weren't no, for Race. If it weren't for him, he was the guy who kept this team afloat. I mean, Jared was talking about it a couple weeks ago that yeah, he's he'd come around on the fact that he was the most important guy on the team, and he was. And the last you know two weeks, it's just yeah, something's been up. And 
Um, you know, it, it, if anything, maybe this works in Indiana's favor and he decides he doesn't want to go out like that and maybe decides to come back. I would love that. I think that race coming back next year would be a contender for big 10 player of the year with the way his development has been. We didn't see it at the end of the year, obviously that's not the guy that we all know, but that's a guy who, who was very responsible for Indiana being in the position it's in right now. And, uh, Really just a shame for him to finish the season that way. Again, we don't know what's going on, but he really, really struggled down the stretch. And as as big a Ray Thompson defender, uh, I'm as big a Ray Thompson defender as you're going to find outside of his own family. And uh, quite frankly, uh, it's it was sad to watch for me because I, I love watching that kid play. Yeah. It's hard All to right. win when when you're almost best player. I mean, to be honest, he, he was – the glue for the whole season because trace had his ups and downs and race really didn't um you know he wasn't our leading scorer all the time but he'll get 12 points uh, and nine rebounds and blocks and and he just played with a lot of juice and so it, it's tough to win any game when, when you have uh, a performance like that and and again it's not effort or him choosing to do that he just didn't play well uh and then you couple that with x's worst game in about 10 games uh, and Jared mentioned the frustration that he had. I thought he was forcing stuff a little bit early and then the pressure got to him to, to be something that, that he didn't need to be still got some assists. Um, but he had way too many turnovers and, and you know, uh, so right there, that's three. I thought TJD was great. Uh, once he got going with the alley-oop, his first alley-oop, I thought he was really good. And then he kind of turned it down a little bit once things got to 15 or 16, but it's hard when you're best. You only have one player out of your top three that that really play well, and usually then you need a Geronimo or someone like that to step up. And tonight, the bench and the outside shooting, the other players just didn't have it, and and that's kind of why you end up with the result. But it, um, yeah. Ray, like these- Race had a great year. He just didn't have have it tonight or or the last few nights. It's like we had ten good minutes in us tonight, you know, and we played for ten good minutes, and then it just fell apart. And, you know, where we missed open shots and shots in close, St. Mary's capitalized on everything, you know? So it really, it was just, it was an all systems failure. We played our worst. They played excellent. It was a particular style, I think, that was really going to carve us up on a, on a day like this where we clearly didn't discipline. have the same. Right. Well, and we didn't have that same mental discipline, you know, like this was not the defense we've seen all season long. And so it just it all came together in in a result like this. And I know there's some people in the chat and there's some people on Twitter that you know want everyone to you know just you know let's let's get some blood for this this loss. And again, there's stuff to talk about. We played terribly. I don't really know what else you want to say, but it's one you guys forty was, minute was, night was, on an overall successful season. And so I think would you say it was the worst performance of the year. No question, it was yeah, by far it was so the worst too. they played all year. Yeah, I mean, Not even yeah, close. I think, I think so too. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, again, I think some of that, as you we said, the guys didn't fight through it in the game. The coaches didn't adjust in the game, and there were extenuating circumstances. And the other team played great. So it's all of that stuff. Like if you just want to say, "Man, these guys didn't bring it," you know, we stink. I mean, okay, yeah, we played bad, but like acknowledge that there's a lot of factors that happen when you see a result like this. It wasn't all Indiana. But we played our worst, they played great, and there was other stuff that happened. And unfortunately, you know, it's a bad taste. Worst, it's, yeah, it's going to leave a bad taste for a little while on an otherwise good season. Yeah. But, you know. They picked the it, worst time to have a bad night because St. Mary's had a good night. It yes. was the two things combining. Uh, and at the same time, you know, like here's the thing. 
when they when they lost to Michigan, the way they lost to Michigan, that was a combination of Indiana not showing up and Michigan playing really, really well. You know, I mean, that just some days those that collides. You just don't want it to happen in the NCAA tournament, you know. And and guys, if you think this loss was painful, San Diego State just lost when they had about eight chances at the free throw line to win it and uh, didn't. Kentucky was San a Diego chicken. There you go. Uh, Kentucky was a two seed. They got beat by a team with the Peacocks as a mascot. Like Indiana is not. Indiana will be a footnote tomorrow for all of that. So. Uh, you know, yeah, but it, it won't for us, night. and it won't for this yeah, audience. I know, so. I know. It's it's rough. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, we need to. We also need to pull back and put things in the in the yeah. larger scheme and where we're going. Right, and the larger scheme is this program has a long way to go to win games like this, but it went a long way to get here. So, you know, I, I, cognitive dissonance is hard, but on a night like this, let's try. You know, let's make our best effort. Um, let's talk numbers, guys, uh, mainly because this segment is sponsored. And so we need to get to it. Uh, it's sponsored by our friend Ed Fang at the Power Rank. Uh, you know, look, you already submitted your brackets. They're probably busted, uh, you know, but that's right. A lot of people's brackets are busted. So that's cool. Um, but you may be in a knockout pool. You may have, you know, be maybe betting on individual games. Well, Ed is there to help you at the Power Rank on Twitter. You can also go to his website, thepowerrank.com slash AC. You can get, uh, you know, sports betting advice and just kind of understand sports with a more analytical edge from Ed with his PhD edge. Um, and it's all great stuff. And if you're into football, he's got great stuff coming up for football season too. So follow him at the power rank and go to thepowerrank.com slash AC. Um, you know, really the main number that I want to put in here, and then Andy, you can uh, talk about the quote that you put in the chat. Um, Indiana's shooting was terrible. Two of 10 from downtown. Um, you know, and you know, Indiana was 15 of 18 from the free throw line. So it didn't tonight. It didn't seem to me like they seem more comfortable with the basketball in their hands tonight, whereas they didn't against Wyoming. They just I think we saw what coach said, where you just have guys that aren't confident, aren't even going to take contested shots. And so we didn't even put up enough. And frankly, when Parker Stewart hit his first one, I'm thinking, hey, is this the game where we're actually going to get some shooting? And all we get is one more it, George it, Geronimo three it, from most, that point on. It most certainly was not that game. No. And then you contrast that with St. Mary's going 10 of 21. You know, and I imagine, you know, like when you look at the the website shot quality, they do an analysis, you know, where they they basically give give you a score for what is projected based on the quality of the shots. And I'm guessing St. Mary's probably won this game by about 10 when you just look at the quality of the shots. They just happen to make them all. We missed a lot of good looks inside and a couple looks outside, maybe 15. Um, but that's what I mean. Like it just Indiana played poorly. Um, but there was also a major difference in shooting. And part of that is just St. Mary's is a really good shooting team, but they even shot a little bit better than they normally do. We shot worse than we normally do. And it's just, those are all the factors that add up to a drubbing like this. Andy, any other numbers yeah. that jump out to you? Yeah. I mean, the quote you, you, that I, I put in there was somebody asked Woodson, uh, about areas for IU to improve on next season quote shooting. We have to get better in that area. I'd be foolish to say otherwise. I'm um, glad Mike listens yeah. to the show. Yes, yes, you would be. All um, he has to do is open his eyes. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the the three point shooting obviously, St. Mary's ten of twenty one. To your point on really good looks, they're five of ten in the first half, five eleven in the second half. So it didn't really uh, waver there. But yeah, you know, for IU to only take ten threes over the course of the game is just not what Staggering. modern college basketball would dictate, particularly given 
how far behind how far behind they were out rebounded by 11 um certainly with all the misses there were plenty of rebounds to be had but um eight only eight assists which you're not getting assists when when shots don't go in uh but eight assists versus 13 turnovers for iu uh versus 16 assists and uh 10 turnovers for saint mary's and you know kind of looking at some of those areas where I, I think iu won a lot of these um you know a lot of these things against wyoming but points off turnovers saint mary's 26 to 8 uh second chance point saint mary's 11 to 4 uh, IU did outscore them off the bench, but points in the paint, St. Mary's 36 to 28. And and IU really had trouble containing dribblers um, throughout the game, yeah, got straight which, line just, drive. which just led to other uh, breakdowns on the defensive end. So, yeah, just uh, uh, as you would expect in a game that uh, ended with this margin, pretty much every number favors St. Mary's. Yes. Ryan, do you have a number that you want to throw in? Uh, free throw defense was better. Uh, 66.7%. If you want a positive, right. you want a positive number to find. I no, think that look. was aided, aided greatly by the St. Mary's reserves who shot them at the end. Cause I don't think they had missed, they might've missed <laughs> no, one up to the end. No, I mean, uh, look, St. Mary's shot 56.7% in the second half and 45.5% from three. You're not going to beat a decent team unless you're, unless you're putting up similar numbers and outscoring them. You're not, I mean, his defense was just, non-existent tonight and you know 1.262 points per possession for st mary's all night it didn't matter who was in there usually in a blowout like this with about 10 minutes to go you know everybody kind of just cools off and you know it's it's it gets there's a lull they did not give up at all they were i mean unless i think i think part of the reason this is a little bit bitter for some people is st mary's was having a lot of fun out there with that lead and not not that they shouldn't i'm not i'm not saying this is bad but they were clowning indiana I mean, they absolutely were clowning Indiana. The bench was doing design celebrations. They were getting easy buckets. They were, you know, flexing after making shots. And, 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 kudos and they earned the right like, to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a negative for them, but I think it, it, as an Indiana fan, you don't like watching that, you know? And I think that's why people are, are a little more bitter about it. Um, it wasn't fun to watch. It was not. It was miserable. That second half was a miserable watch. The last five minutes of the first half was a miserable watch. It just sucked. Um, but you know what, that, that's what happens when you're tired and you play like it. And, and, and sometimes you need that shot of adrenaline to get you to that next level. Sometimes you need somebody with fresh legs to come in and energize people. Uh, Jordan Geronimo had been that this year in some games. Uh, and I think there were some other guys who got left on the bench a little bit too long, who, who could have at least maybe gotten some energy in the arena, uh, that Indiana just did not have. I mean, that the first 10 minutes of that second half was horrific, horrific. On both ends. And you clearly needed somebody who wasn't in the lineup, in the mix, uh, out there yeah. to help out. All right. Let's keep this rolling here. Um, let's move on here to segment three. Coming up on the assembly call, we'll hand out some game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award and uh, discuss a lingering question or two. Looking forward with this program uh, and just talk a little big picture stuff. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than hand a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. Thank you, Romeo. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every women's basketball game coming up. Hopefully the women have a nice, long tournament run ahead of them. Uh, and every Thursday night in the offseason, we'll be here with you talking IU basketball. <clears throat> you can check us out at our website, assemblycall.com, and make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. It's a great way to stay in touch with us and the show uh, and to stay updated on all the news that's happening with IU basketball as we send out a weekly news roundup. We have almost 10,000 people on that list. Uh, you can join for free at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right, guys. Uh, time for some game balls. Uh, I will nominate uh, Mark Titus for a game ball for this tweet. Uh, obviously, Coors Light is one of their sponsors, so he's got a nice big can of Coors Light in the foreground. It says, my bracket is red, my mountains are blue, the Big Ten might suck, but Kentucky does too. <laughs> so, well, well done. There for Mr. Titus. Um, look, guys, they're, uh, I got one. you know, game balls after losses, not good. Uh, apparently, Ryan would like to go first. I got one. Ball. Okay. Uh, Cassidy Cerny, the cheerleader who uh, went and got the basketball, she gets one. It took me a minute to find who she was. That's good. I was so excited. Uh, um, she gets a game ball. Absolutely. Great job, Cassidy. Hope you're in one shining moment. You deserve it. Like I know the instinct on a night like tonight is like no game balls, all this stuff, whatever. Um, I'm going to give the game ball to Trace Jackson Davis and not really for his play tonight, because ironically, I actually thought we kind of saw a little regression, you know, kind of some of the big the trace we saw in the middle of Big Ten season where he didn't really have his consistent energy, kind of only produced for one half, you know, 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, one block. Um, but really, I give it to him. You know, A, because on a night when really no one produced, he did. Uh, but it's really more of a recognition of what he did over the last week of basketball, um, where he really put this Indiana program on his back. He didn't have the juice to do it tonight, um, but he delivered one of the best weeks of basketball that this program has seen. Um, you know, I think I, I saw a stat that he's the only guy in college basketball in 25 years to score 125 points in a six game stretch and shoot, you know, 65% from the field or something ridiculous like that. He was awesome when this program had its back against the wall. Um, and I think he started this, you know, Woody's run 
at, in the offseason by pledging to stick with Coach Woodson and to come back for another year, and that really anchored the offseason and allowed other guys to come back. And he had his ups and downs through the season, as we talked about many times, and we were critical of him and with good reason. Um, but then with the back against the wall, he helped carry this team to this successful season that we talked about. And so Trace didn't have it tonight, um, but he was terrific over the last few games. And so I'm going to give him a game ball as a recognition for what he did to help pull this program to the finish line when they were so close, but it looked like they were about to run out of gas. He got a second wind and played the best basketball of his career. So he gets my game ball. Yeah, Indiana's not where it is without him. Right. Uh, Anybody else have a, a nomination? I mean, I, I would throw out Geronimo. I thought he, he you know, 9.6 rebounds in 20 minutes. And I he think deserves maybe if he's able to stay on the floor a little bit longer in the first half, maybe things don't get away from him quite the way uh, that they seem to. Because it was, I mean, he was an example of, you know, putting in one of the bench guys alongside some of the starters. And he was successful in that scenario because, you know, the focus isn't on him trying to, you know, having any of those guys feel like they have to do everything. So I'd give to him. I thought he played really well. And like I said, I, it probably doesn't change the game, but I think, I think the first half doesn't get away from him in quite the way that it did. If he's able to give him a few more minutes out there. I think that's fair for tonight, for sure. I was going to go with Geronimo as well. Nine points hit, hit one of our two threes, six rebounds in, in 20 minutes. I think his performance tonight in a night when a lot of people played below where we needed him to, I think, those numbers reflect Jordan Geronimo coming off an injury, uh, playing the other night against Wyoming, and then backing it up again uh, with their performance. Uh, you know, I thought he made a uh, overhelped once on a three or whatever. You're you're always going to have those issues, but I, I thought um, Geronimo was deserving of the game ball tonight. Well, you know what's interesting? So you look at Jordan Geronimo's numbers. So for the season, he was one of four rotation regulars with an offensive rating of 100 or better. No, one of five with an offensive rating of 100 or better. Uh, he was tied for se- – or no, he was second in defensive rebounding percentage, second in block percentage, uh, shot 59.3% from the field, was at least respectable from three, 31%, and only played 30% of the minutes to the point you made earlier, Ryan. Jordan, I think as we look back, as we do a postmortem of this team – Maybe, you know, mistakes we think were made or or ways that this season could have gone even better. I think that one's going to stick out like a sore thumb. And there were struggles for him. You know, like there were some games that he really struggled in. Yeah. And so like maybe yeah. those early games, on against yeah. zones. Remember yes. early on against zones, he would lose yes. the ball at the high post all the time. But yeah. it really felt like in the back half of Big Ten play, there was a lot of meat left on the bone where you could have put him out there more. Him only playing 30 percent of the minutes, I don't think is going to age well. As we as we go into this offseason. No, I would say he and 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 I'll be honest, guys, after the beginning of the season where he really struggled defensively, you saw Anthony Leal get way better. And then he just stopped playing like I, you know, and it's one of those things where I don't know if he's just a horrific practice player or something. I mean, he would have to be one of the worst because every time he came in, it felt like he did one of two things, he either steadied IU or he made plays that helped IU recoveries on defense, good passes, whatever. I don't get why he didn't play more. I don't. Especially with as many struggles as this team had, you figure, hey, throw some new blood in there. Tamar Bates rarely played in the second half late in the season. Why not? You know, when things are going bad. I mean, they lost, what, like five to seven at one point or something like that? And it's like, they're five in a row, I guess, at one point. Like, why not mix it up a little? So I think that really has to happen next season. And it's, you know, I mentioned it before. 
The reliance on veterans, yeah, veterans are great, but you can't build your whole program around veterans in college basketball anymore. You've got to have that young talent. you got to be playing because guess what? Let's say all five of those starters leave, then you're going to have guys who barely played this year as your, as your, you know, your next wave. So you've got to be able to, to get those guys minutes. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those, and this is probably more of an off season conversation to not belabor this, but I, I think it's one of those where there's almost, you got to make some decisions as a coach that you're not going to play somebody in this position. Cause if you look at the one through three, you've got this, I'm sure will set off a, a, barrage of people in the in the chat talking about how some of these guys need to leave but um you got cop you got stewart x rob trey anthony tamar bates and i mean you got seven guys essentially that you're playing in those three spots and i don't know that you can find a way to play all seven of them um could you distribute the minutes differently than you did i i would argue yes uh i just don't know how you get into to playing all seven of those guys in that kind of in in those positions but i I, you know be interested to see what happens as you you go forward next year because i i don't know that it wouldn't have been the right move for him to not be the odd man out but he was consistently the odd man out of that group if you say hey i'm i only can play six of these guys he was consistently the odd man out i don't know that that part of it makes sense but i think overall looking at the roster that was the the pinch that woodson was in and the choice that he made and I guess you know time will tell, given what we see from Leal going forward, as to whether that was a, a the right choice or the wrong choice. Yeah, I thought like on a night like tonight, where there's like these extenuating circumstances and guys are struggling, absolutely, it would be yeah. really good for you know for like energy. I don't know that his minutes move the needle on this season. I think Jordan Durant no, I don't think potentially they could have. You know, that's that's yeah. kind of the difference between those two guys. To be fair, to be fair, I'm not saying that that Anthony Leal turns this season around. I'm just saying in some of those games where you're losing, especially when you're losing and falling apart late, like throw somebody in there who just changes it, who mixes it up. You know, so many times at the beginning of the first half, they would just collapse and we, we've talked about that endlessly. I thought that got better as the season went on. Uh, certainly in the Big 10 tournament all that. Um, but when there's a lull in energy like that, you put energy people into the game, even if it's for two minutes, just to sort of change things. And, and Leo and Geronimo were energy guys. So, yeah, I just, I, and again, he didn't have to play every game, but it just felt like he sat on the bench for six, seven games in a row with nothing when there were games that were good matchups for him. Iowa was a great matchup for him. No, didn't see him. All right. Well, here, speaking of Anthony Leal, he always gets playing time on this show. Hi, this is native Hoosier Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court. So it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, The prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either, but it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All righty. Thank you for that, Anthony. Um, Hoosier Hustle Award, who would like to go first for the Hoosier Hustle Award? 
Anyone? Bueller? Just kidding. I mean, uh, I'll give one. Unless you want to go, Andy. Uh, go ahead. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I would never do that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely not. That would never Let me just jump in real quick. Uh, the the two guys that I would have thought of were Tamar Bates, uh, who I thought gave some good minutes off the bench, and, uh, and to a certain extent, Anthony Leal himself for uh, diving on the floor for a loose ball down about 30 yeah. uh, late in the game. But uh, so I, I, I'll throw out those two guys as at least nominees for it. at, at the yeah. very I, second the, I second the Tamar Bates. Um, yeah. I also second Ryan saying Tamar Bates uh, needed to play more. Uh, it's an athletic game. And I thought at times Indiana lacked athleticism throughout the season. And when you saw Galloway come back and Bates play better, uh, I, I we got to get more athletic as well as shooting. The shooting is the main thing, but we also have to get more athletic to compete at the at the highest levels. But one of the things I really liked, Indiana's down, Tamar's in, he makes a basket, he hustles back, he's down in a stance and he takes a look at the clock, which means in the scoreboard, he wanted to know, and it's like it kind of hit him that, okay, maybe this, this is a little impossible, but he was playing ball. Uh and he wasn't just out there going through the motions. He was out there competing when you could have very easily just, you know, played open gym in the last 10 minutes. Uh, he, at least he had that look to me uh, from, from afar. And to me, that's, there's some mental hustle as well. And, and I thought he's done well uh, the last few weeks as well, being mentally ready when his number was called to come in, hitting a big three um, in, in one of the games in, in the big 10 tournament, I believe Iowa. right before half. Iowa. Um I hope I hope he has a really good summer because I just think that's the kind of guy, like Ryan said, probably needed to be played a, a, a lot more, uh, not only for this year's results, but to get that uh, next year, you know? Yeah, tomorrow's my yeah. guy, too, for the Hoosier yeah, Hustle. That same. was the one thing I thought in the second half. I actually almost thought about doing it for the Banner moment is I thought he had a little spark in a game yes. when no one really had a spark, and he's a huge part of the program's future. Huge, huge part of the program's future. You know, and I, I wonder – I mean, I know, you know, he wasn't quite the same level of recruit and didn't have some of the early success of a Max Christie or a Caleb Houston or some of these other wings in the Big Ten that got consistent minutes. But boy, I would like to have kind of seen how Tamar would have progressed with more consistent minutes, you know, because he it never felt like he was quite able to get into a rhythm. You know, he was he was played often with all the bench guys. Sometimes he's only in there for two or three or four minutes, and he's a guy who wants to go in there and make plays. So it often seemed like he was kind of rushing or just trying to do something. It just felt like there were a lot of times his minutes he wasn't able to get settled. And so if he's able Jared. to get more consistent mil- minutes and settle in, you know, are some of those numbers that don't look good. You know, I got into a discussion with Dylan Burkhardt of UM Hoops about this, and he's looking at his Ken Palm page being like, look at his numbers. Why would you play him more? And it's like, well... Because the context of how those numbers were generated, I don't think is actually a reflection of the talent. Um, and so, so I'm with you guys. I thought he played hard, showed a little spark there at the end. And Jared, I think his development this offseason is massive for the program. Jared, if you bring a guy onto campus like a Tamar, who's a, sometimes you bring guys in and they're depth guys. Tamar's not a depth guy. He's a guy who's going to be, who has the potential to be a star. When you bring those guys onto campus, you have to trust them. And yeah, his numbers might have been down, but guess what? He's only going to get better the more he plays. I've been saying that all year for some of these guys. They're going to get better. They got to play. You, you know, you can judge it on practice all you want, but coach will tell you there's a difference between practice and the game. You get better by playing in games against other competition. Practice gets you somewhat better, and you get you fit with the team better. 
but you've got to play in games to really make steps forward. And that's what you needed. You're absolutely right. And one of the things that we as coaches coaches get blinders sometimes to what people can't do instead of what uh, people can do. Archie Miller's biggest problem. Yeah, and and sometimes like, okay, he's struggling defensively, so you don't play him because that's your emphasis. Uh, And I'm a defensive coach, and and I've had that happen to me where I've had to step back and go, you know, we need guys to put the ball in the basket. We'll just have to cover for him on on the other end somehow um, and then make him get better in, in practice and everything. But game experience is vital. You you can't get it in, in, in practice. You've got to go in and do it uh, in, in games. And, and sometimes it's tough when you're getting limited minutes, but um, to do that, and that's where there's just multiple reasons why I've been impressed with Tamar sticking with it. Um, and doing what he did down the stretch because it was it was tough to get some run uh, for him and um, I just think he's the kind of athlete that in Indiana needs to be able to to score against tough defenses. And you know Brian brings up a good point here in the chat. He said, "But I thought the prevailing thought here is we don't know what happens at practice because we've said that a lot this season." in kind of saying like, "Okay, well, we think these guys should play, but we're not in practice." That remains true. The issue is, you know, when you're going through the season. I think you can kind of say that because you're still kind of waiting to see how things play out. Well, at the end of the day, you know, practice does help determine who gets on the court. But at the end of the day, what matters is the 40 minutes on the court. And what I think you can see now that we have the full body of work is you don't just make it or you don't have a discussion about Tamar Bates playing time in a vacuum. He has to take somebody's place. So, you know, if Damon Bailey and Greg Graham are your two and your three, Tamar Bates isn't going to play very much, right? But your two and your three were Parker Stewart and Miller Cop, who had their moments and did some good things, but ultimately were not good enough now with the totality of the season to keep a young guy like that off the court as much as they did. Because I think the hope was, okay, these guys are going to come around. And again, they did at times, but just not enough. And now when you look at that opportunity cost, that those guys really didn't deliver what you're hoping for from veterans and you didn't allow this young guy to come up who might have progressed more this season and it sets you up better for next season. Again, there there is a huge amount of data that we don't have from practice and being around these guys all the time, but we can see the totality of the season now. And I think the totality of the season says you probably you needed to find a way, I think, to get Jordan Geronimo and Tamar Bates on the court more. You know, and so to what extent we you know, to what certainty we say that with, I'll leave room that there may be things we don't know. But I kind of feel pretty strong in saying that that should have happened a little bit more. Fair. Yeah. Fair. All right. I don't know. Let's let's be done. We've got there's other basketball games to watch. I think there's a lot of big picture stuff, but we got tons and tons of off season episodes. There's going to be player movement, all this stuff. It just you know it sucks that the NCAA tournament run for Indiana is over. Um, it was short but meaningful. On the first yeah. night too, you know. Well, we got to experience a win. I- you know, but yes, the first, the first, the first full slate of games were out. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on here. Make sure that you guys check out homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code home H O M E to get fifteen percent off your first order. Last call, gentlemen. Uh, Andy, why don't you lead us off? I, it's been a a, a pretty wild uh, seven plus day, seven plus a few hours days for IU. Um, from last Thursday, IU on the brink of essentially elimination from the tournament, and then 
uh, all the way through the Big Ten tournament into the game in Dayton on Tuesday and then tonight. So, um, you know, kudos to these guys for finding a way to get into the tournament when uh, things were definitely not going their way. I think that ultimately speaks to uh, the building up of some resilience that maybe in games wasn't always there when it needed to be this year, but but was uh, over the course of these weeks. And, uh, you know, the, we, we said coming into the game, St. Mary's is a team that's not going to beat itself. And they're not that one that makes a lot of mistakes. And that 100% proved itself out. Uh, tonight, and and I thought IU really let things snowball in a way that they hadn't in quite a while uh, over the course of the game, and I think some of that is some of that, but not all of that is is fatigue, and um, like I said, just kind of saw them regress back into some of the you know bad habits that had that had been there. Um, but yeah, I think in some ways the I, this is not a silver lining by any means, but I think it does because it wasn't a a tight game. You can almost sit back and kind of gives you a chance during the second half when you don't want to really watch the game to kind of look back at the season in totality um, and, and be able to look at some of those, those kinds of things. So definitely lots to discuss in the off season, a, a lot of important decisions to be made from a roster standpoint, from a, um, you know, how does the offensive philosophy change? How do, how do those things happen? So, you know, I feel like the off seasons are always eventful uh, as we do the show, but I think this one's going to be a really critical one. There's a lot of potential moving pieces from a, a roster standpoint and uh, we'll certainly be interested to kind of see how those play out and how some of those may help to fix some of the ultimate issues that they had um, this year and some of the things that may have been their undoing uh, tonight, but uh, you know, hope these guys can get some rest. Congrats to, uh, to them on getting here. And this is the first step and, uh, and what hopefully is a progression of, of NCAA tournament success. And, and hopefully sometime we'll look back on this game and be like, all right, well, this kind of got it started. Uh, and, and maybe as a springboard to some things going forward. Well said, Ryan, last call. Um, throw the numbers out, throw the score out, throw all that out. Indiana accomplished what it was supposed to accomplish this year, which is make the NCAA tournament. We wanted them to make it comfortably. We can say that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> they did make the tournament. Mike Woodson's first year ended that streak. Ended Purdue's winning streak, thank God. Um, and so success, when you're building a program, gets defined in different ways. It's not a championship always. It's not a Sweet 16. It's not winning the Big Ten. When you're building a program, you start from square one. And square one for this team was making the tournament. They did that. Uh, not the result any of us wanted at all. And quite frankly, maybe if these guys are at their best, uh, this is a win because I think they they St. Mary's were a very good, very well coached team that that played very well today. Indiana kind of made it easy for them, um, but I think we need to acknowledge a few things, and and it's that these guys really fought over the last two weeks as hard as we've seen an Indiana team fight, maybe since Cody Zeller, Victor Oladipo, Big Ten championship season. I think they fought as hard as anybody since then, and uh, that's not something that should be taken lightly. And yeah, you get the things about, you know, you should always fight. Well, it's hard to fight when you're losing and you're not playing well. It's hard to fight that hard and to to really push and to push yourself over the edge. And to do that when you're having a disappointing season and you're having a rough time, you've been losing. Losing ain't fun, guys. Guys want to pack it in and go home when you lose a bunch. It, it, It That's just human nature. And so to see these guys fight and to get here and 
to put the program back where it belongs in the NCAA tournament is an enormous step for the program. Now we put this in the rear view, don't dwell on it, and move forward. Find some shooting. Find some guys who can continue this fight. Because if Indiana, if Indiana basketball is a program that has guys that fight and guys that can knock down shots and guys who believe in themselves as this team started to believe in itself, as Mike Woodson helped them, give them confidence, believe in themselves. If Indiana University basketball has those things, that's bad news for the rest of the Big Ten. It's really bad news. And it's bad news for the rest of the country because that means that Indiana is on its way to being back, and that's something nobody wants to see outside of us. So they got to take that next step. They've got to get some shooting. They've got to get all those things. But from a basic standpoint of what needed to be accomplished, this year they did that. And that should be celebrated no matter how upset we are now. This program just needs to start taking the the steps forward. And uh, I, I think they're on the path to do it. And hopefully, you know, they get the players in who can follow through on that promise. Well said. Coach, last call. Yeah, very disappointing tonight. Uh you know, I, I will echo everyone. It's a lot better to be disappointed in the NCAA tournament than what we were looking at with 12 minutes to go in the Michigan game. But I will also remind people to be cautious. We were 12 minutes away from having a really rough off season, uh, and we played really well. And Michigan didn't. And if it couple you know things change, we're we're in the NIT, and everyone's questioning things. And, and I think there are still some major question marks. But it's a lot better having major question marks after getting bounced from the NCAA tournament than it would be elsewhere. And that's where I ask everyone to try to sit back and relax. This was fun. Indiana was on the bracket. Uh, you got to talk. We're, we're having a show during the NCAA tournament. Ultimately, that that is the goal. Uh, but the program needs to make improvements. Uh, to, to sit back and say we've arrived and, and we're back, those are comments that um, – that should not be made because I think throughout the players, the roster, way to go. scheduling, um, that there's still a, a long way to go because we, we cannot, at three, four years down the road, think that getting beat by 30 at St. Mary's in a round of 64 is Indiana basketball. Uh, we have to have those high expectations of our, of our staff, of our players, of recruiting, of everything needs to be good. There's a lot that is better than it was in the last four years. We are headed in the right direction, but a good 12 minute run against Michigan doesn't erase where this program has been for 20 years. And it doesn't erase some of the concerns of losing leads at Wisconsin and, and losing seven out of nine down the stretch. Um, you, we still have to be cognizant of, of holding, holding high expectations for this basketball program. Uh, but uh, it, it is, it is nice to have a little bit of feeling of what it's like both in the big 10 tournament getting there beating purdue as you mentioned that gives us a lot of hope that it's a lot closer than it's ever been in the last five or six years yeah no well said by all of you i mean like at some point you just have to put the results on the board and that's what indiana did this season at the end of the year is they put the results on the board i remember thinking to myself i don't know if it was at the end of the michigan comeback or after beating illinois and obviously, you know, we're euphoric, we're happy. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, the only downside here is now we run the risk of, you know, not learning the proper lessons from this season and thinking that, you know, despite all the troubles, everything's just going to turn out well in the end and not remembering, okay, but it was still kind of dicey to get here. And so, you know, I think we're not, 
this season was a success and it was a triumph at the end and and we achieved the goals, the basic goals. Like we didn't overachieve, we achieved the basic goals that we had. And for a program that hasn't even done that for a half decade, that's worth celebrating. But we're not really going to be able to kind of understand the full context of this moment until we see what happens next year and the year after. Because if this is just a blip and it's not built upon, it's not really going to be as meaningful in hindsight, you know? And so that's really the key, um, you know, for Mike Woodson. I mean, I think he showed an ability, you know, to, to get this team through some really difficult times and get guys to believe in themselves and to find a deeper well of conviction and effort and togetherness that Archie Miller was able to. And that's why this program right now was able to put a result on the board that Archie Miller wasn't able to. Um, you know, and so now it's a really important offseason and players have to get better. And, you know, obviously, you know, as we've talked about, hopefully Coach Woodson has learned some of the differences between the NBA game and the college game. And there's a big amount of growth for him. Um, you know, but ultimately this was a, a really disappointing result tonight, a bad performance all around. I mean, it was Indiana's worst performance of the season. Um, you know, and, and the travel stuff doesn't excuse it all. Like the travel stuff is maybe the reason you lose by 10, you lose by 30 because you just, you have deficiencies that all came out at once and you just didn't have that, whatever that well is of mental toughness and togetherness that you had to get here, it eluded you tonight. And that's disappointing. And so, you know, we got to figure out all those things, get the roster better, um, you know, and look at what a team like St. Mary's does with a coach who's had a program now for 20 years. That's what we want to get to is that kind of stability, um, that kind of success on a, on a year in year out basis. And we're just in year one of it. And for year one, this was really successful, a really good season for Indiana basketball and for coach Woodson. Uh, and now they've got to build on it. And if they do, as we know with this program, the the ceiling is hanging banners. And so this can be the step toward that. Um, but now it's on to the offseason, uh, and hopefully they take a lot of positive steps in that direction. But even before that, we turn our attention now to the women's team that has a lot of basketball left to play. We'll have post-game shows for those games. Uh, please support the women if you're in Bloomington and you can get to – uh, the game on Saturday and to any of those games at home, let's give them the loudest, most packed of Simon Scott assembly hall that we can, because they certainly deserve it. Uh, and we've still got more tournament basketball to watch. Unfortunately, it's not men's tournament basketball, but we do have the women and, uh, let's turn our attention to them. And then in coming episodes of assembly call radio, we will turn our attention to the off season and the big picture for the men's program. All right, that'll do it, guys. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you sometime soon after the women play. Until then. Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is done, Sony. Jordan always says uh, keep your elbow in, not elbows, because on his shot, only one elbow was in. So, yeah. <laughs> At least he made him. Yeah. At least he oh. made him. All right, guys. Well, 
What a season that was. That was a long season. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> else feel like that was really long? Oh. Uh, you're right, though, Andy. It was, you know, like I wonder what what the show would have been like if it was like back and forth, and they're up by five with two minutes to go, and they give up a lead, you know, and that's how we end it, as opposed to basically having the whole second half to just kind of marinate in it, get over it, and then you know, come on here and be ready to just put it. Yeah, in we were very much like, yeah, they lost. <laughs> Meh. Like, <laughs> well, because I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, did like, we, we really just want got... to do a show on? Did we really want to do a show on Saturday anyway? I mean. It's... <laughs> It, I kept I kept hearing the you know that old Jim Mora soundbite. Uh, yep. We just got our asses totally kicked. We can't run. We can't pass. We're you know our our special teams are diddly poo. That's what it, tonight was diddly poo. You know it was just Second a diddly poo performance. Only to his playoffs rant. Second only yes. to his playoffs rant. Yes. Jim Mora recruited my dad to the University of Colorado by the way or Colorado University by the way. Oh, somebody gonna pick up that name he just dropped or? Just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Uh, all right all right well watch this last set of games and figure hey, out who i'm at do, how'd you guys do bracketology was i didn't see not very good not good hey you guys are still my bracketologist of record i don't care what bracket matrix you. says you notice andy that a, that a lot of guys that i think are really good didn't do well this year i had the exact same i was going to make the exact same point you yeah. know like we didn't do well heat check didn't do well guys we were tied with second um Bracket guy uh, Dave bra- is just really yeah. good. Yeah. Why is that? Is it, is it because the committee swerved or veered in a different direction well, this year? Than if what? we could get Buzz Williams to get us the transparency that we all need, we would know exactly what happened, Jerry. Exactly. <laughs> if no, here, here's what we, we said this, and I, at least the kids came up with this, and I kind of applauded too. It's like, we know too much. I mean, I do think there's a curve when, you know, I think – the, the guys I just mentioned, we'd make a hell of a committee um, because we've been doing it for years and you know the nuances and you know what's been done in the past and trends in the past. And I think that when you have 12, you don't know how people are going to vote. And when it gets down to the last ones, it's a wild card. Seven people like Notre Dame because their strength of schedule and seven people, you know, um, we're going to try to think of the last four next year, we're just going to do wild cards. We're, we're just going to look at all of them and say, here's, we're going to pick one team that has wins and one team that has a strength of schedule. But um, we felt we overanalyzed. Uh, but we we had we only had one mistake off of one seed line. It's just we didn't have enough correct. Yeah, I was going to say, any of the ones I got in, I didn't miss by more than one. Yeah. But yeah, it was – and I feel semi-vindicated about some of the ones I, I missed more than I usually do in like the 14, 15, 16 range. Yeah. And I was pretty adamant that Georgia State should have been a 15, which they hung with Gonzaga for right. a while today. I had St. Peter's a level higher. They certainly outperform what a 15 seed would do. So, do you think it too that it doesn't change anything? But it made me feel better at least. And maybe I'm just you were right. Excuses. Maybe it was wrong. That's what I hear. That's well, that, no, that's what I saw. I mean, really, I think there's a lot of crowdsourcing that goes on too now. In the eight years that I've been doing it, there's a lot more people uh, putting out information, um, and, and I just think a lot of people know, and then they can tweak stuff one way or or the other sometimes, and. You know, sometimes you hit like we did last year, and sometimes you miss. Would you finish last year, Coach? Second, second or third overall in the whole thing, which boosted our average, and then we were like right at the average this year. Gotcha. Which took us down to forty-eight or something like that. Everyone, hey, hey, how many other bracketologists have had a special on CBS about them? So uh, I think you guys. I know. Have to I mean. Out. My $1,100, I get $1,100 stipend now, too. I worked that into getting a, 
a big salary Man. increase there. I I held out two years ago. Andy, Andy, what's your stipend? It's not not that. Although I although I guess we'll see what kind of traffic it did on inside the hall. Certainly more than it probably has in in recent years without you actually being in For it. Sure, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have to deal with kids though. I love my bracketology kids, but they're high school kids. You know, yeah. can't when you're having sure. a bracketology meeting, can't have a beer. You know, mm. I guess you could, but you'd probably get fired from teaching. So, well, I feel like that eliminates me from potentially taking over for you when That's when right. you hang it up. So, all right, <laughs> good to know. Yeah, uh, UCLA getting uh, getting beat. Well, they might as well because I picked them and knock out right along with UConn. So now I got to figure out what four teams I'm picking tomorrow. All right, guys. Stupid, stupid Big East. Hey, been a good year. We got some yeah, wins. It doesn't year. rival 2016 when you guys wrote a book about it and had a Big Ten championship. No, Came it wasn't that. It was, just, it was, you know, that's the thing about this season. It was just like the necessary step they had to take. And they did it in like the most in minimal the worst way, that way they could possible. Do it. They did it. Yeah. You know, and, like but, barely. They did, but that's hey again. It's a program that hasn't even done the barely, so yeah. that's success, man. Now they uh, got to build on it. Oh, well. I'm All officially right. putting this season in the rearview, boys. I'm done. It was a good one. Thanks all for listening and watching all season. And yes, it was exhausting this year. <laughs> it was, but that's at least there was some fun at the end. Rewarding. That's the thing. It's, yeah, it's been exhausting right. no, every year, and there's been no rewarding. reward at the end of it. Yeah, this year there was a reward. Felt, this year just felt yeah. longer, and I don't know why it felt like a longer season. Well, because last year uh, wasn't as long with, with true. the last the two before, seasons haven't been as long actually. Yeah. That, maybe that's because well, the, the other thing, Ryan great. is we played a lot better than our record was. Oh yeah. Like we blew a lot of chances There's six and, and that gets frustrating to talk about. That gets frustrating as a fan to go through. It's not like you're getting beat by 18 every night and then you win enough to get in a tournament. It's like, we really could have been a, a four or five seed if we would have yeah. just pulled out some games that we had perfect control and that wears six, on seven, you as games. a fan. Six, seven, eight games where they led in the second half of the second half, the final 10 minutes. I mean, how do you do a post-game show after losing a three-point lead with a minute and a half to Wisconsin? It's stressful. There's a, There was a lot of stress built into the results. Yeah. I mean, even the Big Ten t- title game against Iowa, or Big Ten the tournament game against Iowa, if that happens, if that result happens mid-season and you're not like feeling good about your tournament chances, that's a meltdown. Up nine with 441 left like and lose. Yeah. Oh. By the way, we if you're one a lot of the of idiots who trusted Iowa, how are you feeling right now? All the morons who trusted Fran in the NCAA tournament. I ne- yeah. Are you I told asking you guys, yourself that told question? You guys to pick or against you... them. I, I, I had them out in the 32. <laughs> Wisconsin needs to lose. Two of my final four teams are done. So, <laughs> And the shit list is out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, let's go enjoy the rest of this NCAA tournament, boys. We were part of it hey, again. Man. That's good. I will say, guys. I will say, none of the losses today, and you're having two Final Four teams out, will ever top me having Michigan State winning the whole thing, and knowing the first game of the NCAA tournament, knowing I would not win my bracket because they lost to a 15 seed in like the opening game of the tournament. It's almost better that way though. Then you just rip up the paper just and out. just root for root for the underdog. Cuz if you don't get the winner, you're <laughs> yeah. not winning your bracket right. thing, you know. Just and root so for chaos. Literally knew 2 hours into the tournament I was done. Yep. Uh, 
It was fun, though. I agree. It's always fun. This is the of best time fun. of year. Of course it's fun. It's Shout even out. fun when Indiana's not in it, but it's going to be a hell of a lot more fun this year because at least we were part of it. Shout out to all the fellas out there who got vasectomy so they could stay home the next two days. Good job. Congratulations <laughs> on that life decision. Uh, and on that note, all let's right. go. <laughs> all right. Always see you guys. I don't, when are we going to talk? Thursday. When are we going to talk men's hoops again? Tonight's Thursday, Thursday right? Probably next Thursday, next right? Week. Unless there's news that breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, there are going to be games next Thursday. So let's talk. I mean, that is our normal yeah, slot, but we could potentially do it on Wednesday or something. Let's t- we'll talk about right. it. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. All right. Sounds good. And we'll let all of you know. take some time off. Sounds all right, good. y'all. Guys. Let's go watch some games. Right. See you. See you guys. Bye.